Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. I'm Tara Kerwin. And my name is EJ Kerwin. <laughs> I'm nice a robot. Nice to meet you. <laughs> How are you? Just want to say welcome to all of our listeners. We're always so grateful that you tune in and that you leave us such great reviews. And some of you even reach out to us on our social media, letting us know which podcasts are really helpful or ideas for our next podcast. So we have like, I swear we have like the next few weeks planned out and that feels really good. So just so grateful to be able to do this and give resources and have guest speakers like we have today um, to just help couples and individuals gain hope that things can be different. Yeah. And speaking of grateful, we are grateful because we have built an amazing team here at, yeah. uh, at our center. We have just some really talented people with diverse skill sets and diverse perspectives. And we enjoy when we are able to have them come on and talk about themselves a little bit and talk about their clinical experience and share their sort of ways in which they help individuals suffer less because that's our mission. Here is lowering the suffering in the world, helping people be better. And today we have one of our clinicians. Her name is Teresa Jansen. She's a therapist, and she also has this like tremendous skill set where she is a breathwork practitioner. And we are glad to have you here. Hello, Teresa. Welcome, Teresa. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, guys. (laughs) So. Teresa, I mean, the best thing to do right away is just if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey into mental health. Okay, yeah. It's been a a wild ride, but like I'm right where I belong. I'm right where I belong. So I am a pseudo-native of Arizona. I was born in Phoenix, but I moved all around the West. I've lived in Oregon and California and Colorado. Oh, wow. You have lived. I have. Yeah. I've been to Arizona. I've moved back to Arizona several times in my life. And so I did my undergrad at U of A. Okay. Right on. Yeah. Wildcat. Fine arts. A little bit of a. Really? You were fine arts? Yeah. I was a fine arts as well. One of my best friends was like ran the theater department there. For okay, years. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was in the art department. Oh, art department. So it was painting and drawing for me. Oh. Gotcha. My, yeah. So did that, but I moved around like a ton in my life. Every five years we were moving, and so when I made it to California, my parents were like, "We're going to move to Prescott. Do you want to come and join us?" And I was like, "No!" Like I was an adult, you know. <laughs> I was like, "I'm not moving anymore." Back to Arizona one more time, Teresa. <laughs> so I ended up staying in California for like 13 years wow. and worked a ton of odd jobs, a lot of sales, which is super draining. Kudos to everyone who works with the public in sales. You do a great job. job. (laughs) But I worked at like a mid-century modern design store. But we like did like full antiques. Like it was like the real deal. Yeah. So like not a lot of customers because the stuff was like highly expensive. Right, right. But if you can imagine a whole warehouse full of living rooms, That's what it was. And so the customers that would come in and we would be sitting in a living room and then like what I started to notice was like an hour and a half would go by and they're like telling me like things they shouldn't be telling a stranger. That is crazy (laughs) that this is your gateway. (laughs) I'm sorry. So at a certain point after like several encounters like that at work, you know, and I'm like, I got to dust. I got to like do some stuff. Yeah. 
I was like, I need to get training in this and like <laughs> maybe make a living out of it. Like there's something here that I'm not. People yeah. are drawn to you to talk to you. And it's not like I shared much. I just like held space. That's held like literally space. what I did. And I, I didn't know what that was called then. Yeah. And so I was like, I need to find my calling. What's my calling? You know? And so one time on my drive home, my exit, there was a huge billboard for like MFT, marriage and family therapist. And I was like, I wonder what that is. And so when I got home, I opened my laptop, typed in marriage and family therapist. That is what I want to be. Wow. <laughs> That's like that freaking, what movie is that? It's called Signs with a Who's the actor he played like on Roxanne or Roseanne? Oh, uh, uh, Steve Martin. Steve Martin. And like these billboards. They work. Give him like. I never thought billboards work, but I literally saw the store. (laughs) It helped you discover your calling in life. Off the five. (laughs) Off I 10 exit. No. (laughs) Okay, continue. (laughs) Yeah. So I just like did a deep dive and I was like, I'm going to graduate school. I've never felt. A calling more. Wow. Um, even when I did my art degree. And so I started that journey. I was never a good student yeah. uh, in high school. Like I excelled in college because I got to choose what I wanted to learn. Right. And like I loved art, right? So like I could totally do that. But I think my master's degree was one of the hardest things I've ever yeah. accomplished in yeah. life. So I graduated from Azusa Pacific University mm-hmm. with marriage and family therapy degree and a professional clinical counseling degree. Wow. Okay. And on the side of that, my passion during 2020, don't know why, I was working full time. I was going to school and, you know, we were all in this collective trauma right. together. Yep. I was isolated from family and I was trying to date. <laughs> and I said, why not throw a certification on top yeah. of everything? Let's put a little why cherry not? on top. <laughs> so then I decided to pursue a certification in breath work. And I had been doing it for two years prior. Yeah. And so I just started doing it on my own, integrating it into my own life. And then when the certification popped up, I was like, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get through it. 2020 was like, my most productive year of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is, and I know we're going to get into this, and I'm sure this freaking podcast could be hours long, but EJ's very good at saying Tara. Well, stay in the lanes. But stay like, in the lanes, girl. Breath, it's just automatic for us. We don't think about it. We don't think about breathing. And I am on a daily basis when I am working with my individuals or couples, I'm like, breathe. You're forgetting to breathe. It's almost like when emotions overwhelm them, yeah. they, they stopped breathing yeah. and never, I mean, I've never been like a breathwork specialist. I never really even knew the importance of breath until I really started being in the same room with so much suffering and really recognizing that people hold their breath. Somebody broke that down for me like a long, long time ago. And what they said to me was that from early on in our life, when we're children, we realize that we can control our emotions through the breath. And the two examples they used were like, when you were a child and somebody said, stop crying, what did you do? <gasps> yep, you're you, know, you, you hold it, you gasp for air. Or if you're in the classroom, right, and you're cracking up in the back and somebody's like, stop laughing, what do you do? <laughs> you know, you hold your breath and it's just an yeah. instinctive thing. And then we spend the rest of our lives holding our breath. Yep. Every time something comes up, it's like 
and you just see people in therapy or just well, in it life. also deadens the feelings, right? Yeah. The experience is blunted. Right. I mean, let's kind of introduce the topic. I'll let you do it, Teresa, since you're the specialist. <laughs> um, and the importance of why you wanted to talk about this today. Yeah, I was thinking about just talking about the importance or the power of co-regulation. Mm-hmm. And it can be within any relationship. Co-regulation ha- is happening literally right now with the three of us. Yeah, Co-regulation is when my nervous system meets your nervous system and we create a new nervous system. Wow. And so even if we were to enter a room and not speak and it's just the two of us, our nervous systems are communicating. Wow. It's an unconscious communication, nonverbal communication, but it is what we had first yeah. in the womb. That's so true. And it's how even without talking or anything, like I can sense my nervous system can sense like if someone's angry or overwhelmed and like I can sense danger without words ever having being said. But I never looked at it like my nervous system's meeting your nervous system and and now we're all one. <laughs> and now we've Sometimes created a new a nervous system. Thing. Sometimes that's not a good thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so this is topic can be used for couples, but my entry into it was discovery of my own journey through anxiety mm. and even depression and why I had that and maybe why it's not actually mine. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so I can I can speak on that a little bit too, but can I clarify there and make sure like people heard that because you you were talking about like one of your pathways to understanding your own anxiety, maybe depression, and thinking it was your own was that the co-regulation of the fact that when you're in relationship with somebody else, your central nervous system, their central nervous system are blending the experience into one that you may have been taking on other people's anxiety, oh, yeah. other people's depression. Yeah. And that's not like, um, I don't want there to be any sense of like judgment or shame or sure. guilt on that. That happens. You know, breathwork for me has brought awareness yeah. for me into my own nervous system, how to regulate my own nervous system. And then specifically how to help other people regulate their own in healthy ways. And so there are ways in which if you have a partner, if you have a friend, if you have a child Mm -hmm. who is overwhelmed and stressed, there are simple techniques that you can use to help them to regulate. And that's within co-regulation. And regulation is safety. Like when our- Safety and trust. When we can regulate our nervous system for ourselves- that feels like, okay, I'm safe. And then when we can do that with a partner, a friend, a child, whatever, imagine the safety both of you can hold together. And that, I mean, that's our core work here, Teresa, you know that, right? Building emotional safety with our couples. It's the quickest and kindest way to transformation. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. that's huge right there. Because all of what you were just saying, what was coming up for me over and over was generational trauma. Yes. You know, is that is that you we have these traumas that go back literally sometimes like a hundred years, you yeah. know, and families have been 
unconsciously co-regulating versus consciously regulating. And if you don't consciously regulate, Mm. you just pass on whatever it was. Maybe it was like from the depression of fear and scarcity. And then decades after decades of kids growing up in environments where, where there's fear and scarcity and all of that. And that they take it on into their bodies and then they raise another family, you know, over and over. And so what we're going to talk about today is like, how do you consciously regulate with your partner? Yeah, that's exactly it. Wow. This is like, (laughs) I'm so excited. It is. I mean, it's an amazing topic. And it also takes like when you start to kind of unpack some of the stuff or like peel back the layers. My hope within sessions with clients is that There is no judgment on it. It's information about ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? And it gives us insight into ourselves, but it takes off that pressure that like, I can't change this and I don't know why. Yeah. That like heavy weight. Well, and I think that that's what's, what brings couples in is, you know, we talk about it early on in sessions sometimes about baggage, like you bring your baggage and they bring their baggage and then you get together and then you have a whole collection of baggage and then your baggage starts having baggage. And it's hard to say what's baggage is what, right? And really though, what we're talking about in some ways is co-regulation, right? Is like you come with all the ways your body is bound up and the ways you're not breathing, your partner does the same thing. And then it's just like, it creates an unconscious system that is pretty suffering based if we're not careful. Yes. So let's get into like when you're noticing, when you see a couple or even an individual in session and you can just sense that nervous system, I'll call it nervous system chaos. Like how do you help couples or individuals co-regulate? Yeah, sometimes it's like calling it out, but a lot of times you can't co-regulate without self-regulation too, right? So I have to make sure that I am in alignment with myself. And so it's the awareness that like there's a shift that's happened in the room. Energies are chaotic. And through breath work, that's what's taught me how to feel into my body. Mm -hmm. And so subtle shifts in how I'm feeling give me indication on what might be happening in the room, especially if the feeling came out of nowhere. And so sometimes it's as simple as me changing my posture slowing down my breath, becoming aligned, and that some sometimes that simply helps them them regulate. Not in a conscious way. No, I know. It's just the attunement on the therapist piece and really trying and to- And heavy eye contact. Heavy eye contact. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I've done that a number of times with clients where I'll just be like, hey, look at me. Yeah. Look at me. I mean, we, and we've talked about that in talking with couples about like, guys, like when you get into arguments, you're not making eye contact, you're staying out of each other's orbit. And sometimes if it's safe, just making eye contact with your partner, just putting your hand on their shoulder. Regulates. If yeah. it's safe, that that can be like enough. Yes. There's something that happens when people connect. Yeah. Well, it engages that parasympathetic yeah. nervous system. So you're being very aware and attuned. And so the first thing that you do is like you really try to get into this very regulated place for yourself. For myself, yeah. Sometimes it'll work. What if it doesn't? (laughs) You know, I'm just going to ask the hard questions. Yeah, I think that's when it's like, it's a time when I have to kind of call it out. And so if there is someone who is more dysregulated, Mm -hmm. whether that be like overwhelmed and crying about like, 
a really hard situation or aggravated Mm -hmm. and like wanting to kind of stonewall a little bit. It's gaining their eye contact and I will start breathing and I will be like, take a deep breath with me. (sighs) Yeah. That feels nice. Yeah. (laughs) And so sometimes it's just meeting their eye contact and I'll start breathing more heavily and loudly mm-hmm. <laughs> and they join me. That they is, join me. Yeah. It's weird though. People like that. Like I've noticed that over the years is, is we think it's wacky and they might even think of out of context. It's wacky. But when you just I, like, I'll put my hand on my heart and back <sighs> and you'll see them stop. Yeah. They'll just stop. There'll That's be a true. second of stillness. Generally, then they'll start thinking again and they'll yes. start ramping themselves <laughs> up again. But just us doing it, us showing them in an exaggerated way how to regulate, yeah. which is a deep breath, the most simple thing in the world, they will pause for a second. And I always try to take a moment to psychoeducate on the nervous system and letting them know like, hey... When you can start to recognize not just the negative feelings, because I think that it's easy. Like if you ask anyone, they can tell you when they feel stressed. They can tell you when they have anxiety. They can tell you when they feel depressed and they can locate it in their body. Mm -hmm. But if you ask them, where is content found in your body? Where is peace? Where is neutrality? Where is quietness found or warmth? They don't have a connection to that yeah. because their nervous system, the neuropathway for that is just not as deep. Yeah, it hasn't really been reinforced or created to get those, yeah. And so I really psychoeducate on the nervous system and how we create new neuropathways so that when we start to find ourselves in a state of stress and overwhelm, yeah. our body will then choose the more calm and kinder way to regulate than the chaotic way of regulating. And it's just as a discipline and practice. Wow. Will you just lead us through like a simple breath exercise that like listeners can do right now, we can do with you in the room and maybe, you know, not necessarily feeling a shift, but just something that, you know, just like a tool for, for us. Yeah, there's a couple breaths that I like to do with people when there's two or more. One is uh, like a six by six. So it's a inhale of six and exhale of six. That is like a heart connector. Ooh, um, the six by six. I would like to connect my heart right now. <laughs> the three of our hearts. <laughs> three of but I actually think we should do, there's another one that's a three by seven. Three by seven. See, I use the four, seven, eight with my daughter, but I've, these are two new ones. <laughs> yeah, the six by six I do recommend for like... That it's a, it's a, like a really nice one with couples or groups. Oh my gosh, I love that. But I don't know. I have to go with my gut. And okay. so I'm like, the three by seven feels right. good because the seven exhale feels so good. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, what is the three seven? So you're going to take an inhale, a three second inhale in through the nose. Okay. And on the exhale, it's going to be a seven second exhale. Through the mouth? Through the mouth. Okay. And so I tried to educate clients on like, we're not just breathing from our chest. Like when you breathe deep, your stomach should pop out. Yeah. 
Like you're blowing up a balloon. And almost what you're wanting to kind of think of, yes, like blowing up a balloon, pulling your breath from your belly to your chest and even over your shoulders. Like if you can imagine pulling your breath over your shoulders, you want this whole cavity filled. Yeah, that's the inhale. You want to fill it up from the tummy over. Okay. And then on the exhale, so I just took an inhale. Hold on. I got to let it out. (laughs) So it's a three-second inhale. Seven second exhale. I felt myself just like settle into the ground. <sighs> that exhale like felt very grounded. Cleansing for me. Drop the shoulders, loosen the tongue, pull the belly in and you squeeze all that air out. Yep, on those exhales. How long do you recommend like the three seven? Well, we did that what for maybe six- thirty seconds, sixty yeah. seconds tops. I don't even think that was a no, minute. It was, yeah, it was yeah. like thirty seconds. And so within co-regulation co-regulation can happen in like 10 seconds. Wow. Wow. You do three of those breaths with someone and, you know, like intentional eye contact, breathing that breath for 10 seconds, it can quickly help someone co-regulate. Can you imagine like actually doing that in a time where you're kind of struggling with your partner, but having that intentionality to stop and do that? Like, And I think, you know, like Tara and I, we're pretty good. We've created systems that work. But I think even us, like if in a time where we're like activated, I think we would have a hard time just being like, okay, let's do three, seven for 60 seconds and see if it changes things. I'm going to practice this, Teresa, because, you know, I'm more cognitive behavioral. So like when I start to feel my body get, I'll be like, I am safe. I am okay. I can handle this. Like I do a lot of the words, but I'm going to start really practicing Because the words are great, but I feel like it's not that somatic shift in my body. So that's what I'm going to kind of start working on, you know. And with our kids too, like, again, I use the four, seven, eight breath with my daughter at night. She gets really scared to go to bed and within two minutes. And she's so so (laughs) good at it. She'll be like, mommy, you just inhaled seven or eight. Well, I don't know. She just tells me I'm doing it wrong. Love her. <laughs> yeah. And even, you know, practicing those extended exhales can be challenging for people who are new to breath. Even taking a really deep breath yeah. can sometimes be challenging. And so to know that you can shift your state or regulate your nervous system literally in a short time, that is like my favorite thing to exercise with individuals. Like we literally spent a minute, you know, and how do you feel? Exactly. You know, what's the shift? Do you feel a little bit more clear? Like have things moved? I don't think people get just how empowering it is. I think they see it as like almost like a chore or this is woo woo or, 
or I can't, you know, and I don't think people get like just how empowering it is to have that ability of like, oh, I'm super activated. I'm feeling frustrated or angry or hurt or lonely. And I just literally take 30 seconds of breaths and I feel better. Yeah. Can I share a little bit of my story on that? Because that was when that revelation came to me, that was what changed the game. So within, you know, pursuing a marriage and family therapy degree, they actually have you do 40 hours of your own, Mm -hmm. you know, therapy, right? Personal therapy. Um, However you use that 40 hours is up to you. I went full force with it. Okay. And then at the same time, I was doing this breathwork certification, which required a ton of practice and dedication. Like the agency or company I went through, they don't mess around. Like they want to put good practitioners out there in the world. And so I was doing a lot of breath work on my own. I was doing my own therapy. I had the best therapist. I love her. She's the best therapist. (laughs) Um, And so one time in therapy, I was pretty dysregulated, very overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. very emotional. And without my knowledge, I started to breathe really deep. And my therapist looked at me and said, do do you just know what you did? And I was so oblivious to it. She's like, you're self-regulating right Mm -hmm. now. And that is something that is a tool that you have been practicing that is now integrated into your nervous system without consciously picking it up. Your body chose it. Wow. And that's when it hit me like, okay, you know, I was going through this certification because I believed it. But then when Mm -hmm. I started to notice when I became dysregulated, I didn't have to think, breathe deep. My body chose it for me. Yep. It just, it automates itself. That's a huge piece of psychoeducation for people is because the difference between the results of a practice and having an intervention, right? If the only time you're using tools like this is when you're already dysregulated, then all you have is like a pry bar trying to get you out of it, right? But if you are spending literally three to five minutes a day in a non-dysregulated state working on your breath, then when your body automatically dysregulates because of a stimulus, because of a stressful situation, it has a tool that it automatically boots into, right? Because your body understands what it feels like to be in a state of peace. Yes. And it would rather be in a state of peace. Yes. Yes. That's huge. That is so huge. I don't think people get that. I think we've come to believe that that really our body's natural, you know, state is in dysregulation, is in stress, is in anxiety. But if we give it a chance and we Mm. create really good practices, our body's wise. Like you just like the body keeps score that we talk about. That, who wrote that book, Tara? Bessel van der Kolk. Yeah, like the body keeps score when it comes to trauma and negative stimulus, but the body also keeps score in positive practices that we do. It remembers those as well. We have to give our nervous systems a felt experience, mm, okay? A felt experience. I like and that. so exactly what you're saying, I always try to educate my clients in like this if you are practicing interventions only in heightened states, you're just 
meeting a threshold. You're keeping a threshold like very limited. Yeah. You're coming down from it, but not f- very far. You're just going to get slightly regulated. Just scratching the surface yes. a little. Mm-hmm. And what if through five minutes or like 10 seconds throughout your day here and there, you breathe. Now you've given your nervous system a felt experience of what it's like to be calm. Right. And so then when heightened states come, your body chooses it. I love it. I love that feeling when I start breathing deep, when I'm so overwhelmed and stressed because I know that my I'm taking care of myself. And this is what just there's so many people that have to use substances to shift into that place like wine, you know, alcohol, marijuana, whatever it is. And it's like, I'm hearing like, wow, without anything, my body. And that's, that makes us feel empowered. Like we have control. We don't need this or this to like, oh my God, I'm so stressed. I need a glass of wine, right? Which is kind of what our culture right now shows us. The only way to relax. It's not through breath. It's through numbing and medicating yourself. And we are really trying to put it out there like, listen, you can regulate your own nervous system without substances, yes, without media, without, I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, so I, th- I think it's important for listeners to hear that we, we're really talking about two different things here. And, and, and one is like you as an individual finding practices that help you regulate you know, that, that help you cope better, that keep your nervous system from going into that heightened state, that you can have some tools to help you in the moment, but then you can also have some tools that are practices that help you overall lower your stress levels and develop the ability to not get as heightened. But then there's also co-regulating in the context of, of as a couple, that we get activated by each other, we get triggered by one another, and that co-regulates us in an unconscious way, and that we need to start creating practices with our partner or at least awarenesses of we can co-regulate in conscious ways that keep us connected and feeling safe, which is incredibly important. You know, part of leading people through breath work is bringing them awareness to like, hey, some of the side effects of breathing in these patterns can be sexual sensations, you know? (laughs) So that is, that does happen sometimes. The times that I've breathed couples is more that co-regulation where they kind of start off as individuals within the breath session and then somehow through the session they're holding hands, right? Or they're breathing in unison. Yeah. And even if they're not looking at each other and they're just uh, sitting side by side or laying down side by side, if it's a really heavy breath session, that breathing in unison is powerful. Yeah. Even if they don't know it, you know, I I see it and it's fun to talk to them about it. Yeah. Yeah. I see a couple's breath workshop coming up pretty soon. That that, that would be amazing. I almost want to just do like a free community workshop first to like just, again, put the emphasis on why this is important. And then people who are really drawn to it, like start creating monthly workshops. Absolutely. Yeah. Bring it. All right. Well, I mean, I think, you know, Ooh. like a lot of times we, we get in here with somebody who has great information and, and great ways to help couples and individuals and we scratch the surface. So we, we definitely, Teresa, will have you back on if you're willing to yes. do it because I think we can go so much deeper. And this is, you know, it's interesting. Like we did this breath work 
And I'm sitting back and feeling very relaxed in this <laughs> podcast. And I tend to sit more up on my toes a little bit and I'm, I'm tweaking things. And I felt myself like I settled back. And, uh, you know, we all kind of co-regulated we can in a thank, very positive we way. We can thank we Teresa's did. nervous system for that. Thank yeah. you, we TNS, created. Teresa's nervous system. And we created our own all together. Yeah. I, I want to praise you, too, for something, Teresa, because... You know, some therapists here, I'm talking about myself, we go back to back to back to back to back in sessions because I've just been doing it so long. I'm like, I've got this. Teresa like will block out 15 minutes in between her sessions and she will do breath work. I do. So she can regulate and be super open and present for that next individual or couple. And I just... You know, it's it's very... I, I admire that and it's something that I'm I will start doing soon, I think. I'm going to try. <laughs> 10 seconds. 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Teresa. Thank you. This was really fun. So fun. So excited that you're here with us, part of our team. I am too. We just feel super I grateful. Really yeah. 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 So, and thank you as always to all of our listeners, you know, Please share this, share this information with people, um, you know, give us a nice rating. We appreciate that. If you haven't already subscribed, please subscribe to our podcast so it gets delivered to you every Friday. If you ever have any more questions or you want more information about our subject matter, please just message us info at relationshiprenovation.com or through our social media. And, and if somebody has a question for Teresa, we'll definitely like yeah. pass it her way. Yes, uh, yeah. And know that like every week before this podcast comes out, we put like a whole week theme together on our Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. And I think that's all we're on right now, which is enough. Um, and so we do resources and like just little skills and tools to really like bring this kind of full circle and really help integrate this podcast and this topic. So again, watch out for that because we get really excited about doing a whole week's theme on our podcast. Yeah. Thank you guys. All yeah. right. So as always, take care of yourself, take care of each other, co-regulate. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> take a deep breath. Singing on the train, me and you listening to the rain. Me and you, we are the same. Me and you have all the fame we need. Indeed, you and me are we. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. <sighs> visit a new state of mind. 
Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.